Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. My name is Lee Rogers. I work here at North Point Community Church. I am here with my good friend, Doug Hurley. Hello, Doug. Hello, Courageous Lee. Courageously. That's fantastic. Yeah, I get it. I'm a suffix. You're a suffix. Yeah, I am. And so an adverb good. often. Um, can, anyway. Can I brag on you for half a second? Yeah, that'd be I, great. I, I what a great idea. Mess up we should your add mojo? that as a segment to all podcasts. To brag on Lee, yeah. on Courageously. What's amazing to me, I just realized this, how many of these have we done? I don't know, together. Quite a few. Quite a few. Do you know, guys, who are listening every time, that is fresh. Like your intro, even though it's kind of the same words you say in every podcast, you don't. we don't pull out the, the clip of the recording from That's a right. year ago. You do it fresh every time. Oh, yeah. I love that about you. I, you know what? I just want to give people what they want. <laughs> I want to show up. I want to be present in the lives of every listener. As well as your life, Doug. All right. I'm, I'm done um, stroking your ego. <laughs> and I appreciate Keep... you giving me a new name each time. Yes. That's, a, that's very valuable. Anyway, guys, moving on. We want to tackle a topic today that really has to do with intentionality. It's a part of being intentional with your group, which you really can think about whether you're in a group or whether you're leading a group. But really, um, especially if you're leading a group, you should think about intentionality. But we want to talk about the different stages of a group. And we are um, analogizing those stages with some language that we want to use. Um, <laughs> really has to, everybody's wigged out by the word analogize. Analogizing. Yeah, analogizing. I that's think it's fair. I love it. Okay. I'm using it. All right, good. I'm using that in at least four meetings this week, that word. <laughs> That'll be perfect. Yep. Don't credit. You know what? You don't even have to credit me. I'd appreciate that, actually. Um, but the way we're analogizing the different stages of the group are with takeoff, flight, and landing. As simple as that. This is not, not, not rocket science in any way. Well, maybe airplane science, actually. But um, if you think of an airplane, um, you do different things when you take off, um, different things while you're in flight, different things while you're landing. Um, but we want to jump into a, a, just a quick kind of... Um, I thought of a, a lighthearted question to jump into this particular topic. I was thinking about what is the best part of taking a flight for you, Doug? Best part of taking a flight for me, I think, generally speaking, would be um, I'm going somewhere. Like it's, ah. it's, it's, the, it's the destination. Future it, thinking. Future thinking. So it doesn't matter if, uh, if I'm in the takeoff phase, if I'm in the in-flight phase or the landing phase. The part that gets me jazzed up, whatever flight mode I'm in, it's like, man, I'm I'm going somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of like all of the parts of the journey are valuable because of a beneficial outcome. Yep. In some sort of way. Okay, yep. gotcha. Yep. Really getting to know you, Doug, in a, in a <laughs> lot of different ways. How, um, how about you? What, what occurred to me was, you know how sometimes when you're you're going on a flight and it's kind of a gloomy, cloudy day out. Maybe it's even raining. And you have that moment um, when you take off where you sort of come out above the clouds and it's sunny. It's like all of a sudden the world changes completely. Mm. It's sunny. It's beautiful. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot there actually was a sun out there. It was just covered up by clouds. 
I love that. I think about that um, often. That's awesome. I'm learning a lot about you too. Lee. What are you learning? That I'm a sunny day, sunny day kind of guy. Yeah, dang right I am. Um, so this is what we want to do. We want to think about um, jumping right in this idea of, of being intentional. And you and I, and probably most of our listeners, have been in a bunch of groups. And really what we're talking about today is the rhythm of what happens in that group. Um, and it's really, I mean, what occurred to me is it's really like any sort of normal relationship. You know, when you, when you first meet some people, um, whatever the relationship is, maybe you start a new job, you meet a new friend, a neighbor, whatever, there, there's that kind of um, initial meeting time it's it's almost like um, an evaluation mode, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's like what what's going to come of this relationship? Is there value in this relationship? Do I like this person? I don't even know what comes to mind for you when you first meet a guy, Doug. Yeah, I think it's uh, I mean, I would echo what you just said. It's but it's a uh, it, it's a plethora. If I could use that word. Yeah, that's of, a great word <laughs> of, of feelings and emotions like it's exciting because, you know, there, what's the opportunity? What's the potential? What could this be? Yeah. And then there, there's also that evaluative, just being totally honest, that evaluative perspective. Am I going to click? Is there, there going to be chemistry? What's this going to look like? How long is it going to take to get things off the ground and get things going? Yeah, so it's absolutely. Like, it's like all of that kind of mixed in one. Yeah. And it's kind of um, like if it's a neighbor, a new neighbor, and you're literally going to be living next to this person, you're going to make the effort. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's not happenstance. It's I intentionally need to meet this person, find something good about them um, because we're going to be neighbors for a while and we're going to live next to to each other. And I I want a good life. So I want to be a friendly, good neighbor or a coworker or whatever. It's kind of the same thing. But then once you get to know somebody for a while, you get into a rhythm with that person. I don't know if you have some regular rhythms, Doug, of, in, in your relationships, one thing that occurred to me, and this is kind of weird because I couldn't remember if it was one of my best friends growing up or a girlfriend. Is that a, I don't know if that's a gray area for anybody, but what, this is not a romantic <laughs> rhythm in my relationship, but I just remember I used I, to, I have no idea where you're going, but I'm so uh, excited yeah, here, here and, we go. and nervous Here we go at the same time, but go. Yeah. This may be an edit. Um, but I remember I used to call this person and I would almost always say, hey, what what you doing? Uh-huh. And this person would say, talking to you. And I would say, well, what about? And that was how we started all of our telephone conversations back in the days when people had telephone conversations, right, right. like the kind of phones that were attached to a wall or set on a table. Um, and I truly can't remember if it was my friend Travis or if it was a girlfriend I was dating, <laughs> which is weird. But I just thought like that was our rhythm of starting communication on the phone. I don't know why. It was kind of weird. But yeah, what comes to mind for you is a, a rhythm, I don't know, in a in a relationship. Rhythm in a relationship. Well, I'll, I'll give one that's current and top of mind right now. Um, every time I get home from work. First thing I do when I walk in and see the kids is like, what's your high and low? Mm. You know, what's your high and low? And a lot of times, because it's the same question every time, it's probably kind of boring the way that I tee it up. 
And so sometimes I got to pull it out. Like, what's your high and low? Oh, I don't know, daddy. Well, okay. What put a smile on your face today? Mm-hmm. What made you happy? What just warmed up your heart? And that's their high. And then usually you can kind of pull it out. All right. What's your low? I don't know. What made you grumpy? What made you upset? Who were you angry with? Who do you need to forgive? Yep. And so that's a rhythm that we get into, but it then turns into good conversation. It just takes a bit. Yeah. Your rhythm is to find out what's going on yeah. in, in your kids' lives. Um, which makes total sense and is, I mean, it doesn't work with kids, but is different than when you first meet someone. You know, you can just go right there because of the reps, because of the relationship ship you've built over time. Um, and again, that's I, obviously that's kind of the in-flight. That's the um, in-flight. It's just going. And this is the way you go. Um, and then you think about landing and in a relationship there are a ton of reasons to land a relationship or bring it to an end. It could be, could be bad stuff. Um, you know, if somebody is unhealthy in some sort of way and there's a, a need to uh, break a relationship, but also there, there are a million ways that a landing just sort of occurs naturally or needs to happen naturally. Somebody moves away, you take a different job. You don't talk to the same people you saw every day um, anymore. They're, I don't know what what are some other reasons to land a relationship. I mean, one of the reasons that, that positive wise to end a relationship could be if you were getting poured into, you were mentored by a mentor, if you will, Great and example. then it's like, okay, now it's time for me to go and fly my own flight and grab a passenger who I would mentor, grab a mentee. That's right, and do something like that. To me, that's a that's a really good example of a positive reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are some things that we do for a season or yep. a time, and then the relationship's a little bit different after that. Or maybe you become a peer with that person at that point if it's um, some particular kind of relationship. But anyway, there are times to land a relationship, obviously. Yep. Um, and we want to talk about that, the intentionality that we can have um, around our groups with takeoff, flight, and landing. We're going to hit this really high level today. And just we're not going to get down in the weeds and all the details. We have a we have a few practical, um, valuable steps for you, um, but we're going to try to stay up because I want to dive into each of these a little deeper in the future. In future episodes, um, we want to bring on a couple of guests inter- and interview some men's group leaders, real live men's group <laughs> leaders from the wild. The guys who really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the guys who are actually, uh, not to, um, anyway. We could uh, talk at a 50,000 foot view, but these guys right. will be like above the treetops and say, no, this is what's really going on. They're going to keep us real yeah. for sure. Um, so we are going to, before we let you go, um, jump into the practical of this. But before we do, we want to bring to you a little section we like to call... <laughs> Man hacks. All right, Doug, do you have a... Well, what is a man hack, Doug? (laughs) A man hack is some tip, trick, piece of advice that a guy could really use in some aspect of his life that uh, is going to make him better. This is a value add to all the listeners. It's a value add. What do you got? And uh, all this, can we keep in line with the whole flight, like being in flight travel... Oh, yeah. You're on a trip, that that kind of thing? I've got one, yeah. Okay, okay. So um, you're you're doing a road trip to, um, I don't know, to Savannah from Atlanta, Georgia. About a five-hour? So boring on I-16. So Good boring. night. And Middle Georgia is the most boring. Anyway. And you just want to get to Savannah because you can't wait to 
get on River Street and hang out and have a good time, and you're like, how how can I expedite or maximize my time? Gatorade <laughs> bottle. Not the teeny little ones, not the smallest Gatorade bottle, and not the big ones you would you'd buy at Costco, but kind of the medium size Gatorade <laughs> bottle. It's it's comfortable. Um, you 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 won't overfill it. I, I feel and like you're beating around the bush a little bit about what you're doing with this Gatorade bottle. Are you drinking Gatorade? Well, you've drank you've you've consumed the Gatorade, and now it's empty. But if you need that's when it comes into need, play. If you need it for any kind of <laughs> You don't bi- want to make bi- a stop. Biological function. Yes. <laughs> well, not any biological function, <laughs> but one a in particular. particular. You've got that thing. That thing works like a champ. You've done this. I do it. You do. Yeah. It's just part of your deal. It's who I am. It's like shaving. You're man hack. What's yours? Okay. Moving along. So here is my deal. If you are, say you are going on a flight and you drive to the airport and you're parking your car and um, especially if it's an unfamiliar airport, um, in this massive sea of vehicles and parking lots, here's what you do. You take out your Google Maps as soon as you park, and you just pin your location. Put a little pin um, right there on your Google Maps. When you come back, you just go to the pin. You don't have to remember you're in E5. You don't have to remember you're in row 625. Pin the location of your parking. also helps around Christmas time at the mall or some mega churches. Um, Can I ask a question about your that? your parking location, yeah. That makes sense for the mall, for churches, and a lot of airports. What if you're in an airport and there's like six levels in the airport with the parking deck? First of all, I never thought of that before <laughs> just now. <laughs> second of all... Did I just hack your hack? Second of all, I think you can label the pin. I've never labeled it because I've never been on a different level. Yep. But either way, it's a one out of six shot. <laughs> That you're going to make it on a six-level parking deck. <laughs> so there we go. What a jerk that you're I would totally world. No, I get trash This your... is real life. Think about it, Doug. Right. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, guys, there you go. A couple of travel man hacks in this section we always call man hacks. Okay, so let's jump back into this idea of takeoff, flight, and landing. And, again, we're going to stay at the high level. Um, but we will, in future episodes, um, go a little deeper on each of these things. And we have some uh, incredible, brilliant men's group leaders um, who will help us navigate the different parts of, of being intentional in the different s- seasons of your group or stages of your group, however you want to talk about it. So what do we want to think about um, with the takeoff? Uh, we have some ideas. Doug, what comes to mind for you of what we need to be thinking about in the takeoff phase of um, a group. And what would you say that is like the first three to four months, the first 12 weeks? What do you, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it's good, good questions. I think uh, answering the second one first, I think probably the first three months Yeah, is what that was, what that looks like. If a group's going to be meeting for, you know, at, at least, you know, 18 months plus, I think that first three months is really, that's the takeoff stage. And um, gosh, there's a lot of things that we can be thinking about. You know, one thing that comes to mind for me is just expectations. Like, yep. what, what do we, what's what's the purpose of this group? What's the time where we're going to meet? What are the logistics? How are we going to divide responsibilities? Just having clear expectations around the group meeting and when they meet. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, and even asking the question, you know, at some point, what what are 
you know, talking to the guys in your group, what are your expectations for this group? That'll be really helpful to know as you move forward. Another thing that comes to mind for me is just getting to know each other. Hmm. Um, obviously it's getting to know each other, but knowing another man's story is, is critical in, in knowing how you're going to grow together in your group, how you're going to be able to share with the guy. Is he going to get you? Is he going to understand you? Um, but knowing his story is key to that. And, the, and there's a couple of different, different things I would say to think about even in sharing stories. You know, early on in the group, you may want to share kind of your brief story, like give me your, your 10 minute vi- version of your story. And then later on, a little further in the group, um, maybe you go a little deeper um, and just, hey, what, tell me everything. Let's, let's set aside an hour for each guy and hear his story. Um, maybe take one a week. I don't know. Um, however you want to do that. But um, yeah, sharing stories, I think is key for that takeoff um, stage of a group. What else? Anything else? Uh, I think this kind of gets into the expectations, but maybe just teasing it out a, diff- a different with a different uh, category is just ground rules, you know, around yes. like, let's be uh, have confidentiality in the group. What is said in the group is, is stays in the group. Let's respect diverse and different opinions. Yes. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or right. or ethnicity has nothing to do with how we love and respect and care for each other. Just having those ground rules and being clear about that from um, the get-go, I think is helpful. God, that is so good. And yes, creating a safe environment. We actually have, um, we can attach a link to a document we have that just has, has ground rules on it of the confidentiality thing you said, hmm. um, making a, a concentrated effort because we need it, especially as men, to not try to fix each other. Um, because if every time a guy shares, everybody chimes in how to fix them, that guy will stop sharing. And then finally, yeah, not preaching, not going on and on and monopolizing a group. And I think the other thing about creating a safe environment is um, just the logistics of the group. Where and when are you going to meet? Does everybody know where and when you're going to meet? And that may be something you it takes a little while to to figure out in that takeoff period and and finding your rhythm and and i should say also your takeoff um your takeoff stage it could last a little longer you know if you maybe you start a group with three or four guys and it doesn't feel like it has a a strong momentum and you want to add some guys and it and you're you're each of you are inviting different people to the group or you're finding a way to get some more guys to join the group you you may go a little longer in the takeoff phase if you're if you're bringing other guys in. Um, but then we reach a, um, the seat, the seatbelt light goes off. We reach a cruising altitude. We're in flight. Um, yeah. What, what comes to mind as you get in flight, Doug? Yeah. Well, I would say, um, transitioning from takeoff to in flight. Oh, let me back up one step. Yeah. All three phases we're going to talk about are super important, obviously, because we're talking about it. And if you're flying, using the analogy, if you're flying an airplane, that's it could be dangerous if you don't do it right. And yep. if you don't manage a group of relationships right, it could be dangerous. And it could be awesome. But taking off and doing it the right way, if you don't take off right, the rest of the flight is going to, is going to be junked up. So... Takeoff really is, like is critical. It's a foundation. That's the best way to say it. So if you, you take off with a great foundation and you get into cruise flight, um, things just seem to kind of go well. So what, what comes to mind for me is um, 
man, you you know you you were open with each other. You did share stories. You did stick to the expectations. You did um, uh, keep create a safe environment, and you're continuing to keep a safe environment. The flight at this point, the cruise flight is just pretty smooth. Now that doesn't mean that you can't get popped on the nose because you could get turbulence. To use you know flight analogies, turbulence or a weather storm or a malfunction, you know, something goes off on the caution panel on the airplane, that could happen. And, and to translate that to life, you know, somebody could lose a job or uh, a spouse gets sick, you know, with cancer or, I mean, all these things can happen. But if you have done all those things in the takeoff and built that foundation, when you are cruising and those things start to happen, there's a good chance that you're going to be able to, to navigate the flight and, and be okay. Yeah, that's really good. That is really good. And and once you are okay, it's kind of like you have the rhythm where guys are are more comfortable and um, it's a, hopefully a safe environment. But we say safe, but also an environment where you can be challenged. It's not safe in that, um, yeah, you never have to navigate any any challenges or challenge another man in different parts. We all, we all need that and want that to some degree. Um, and hopefully at this, at this point you are growing spiritually and, and together. Mm-hmm. And um, with some of the words that we use, that you're moving toward becoming more fully known um, by one man in the group or the whole group or um, that you are, yeah, taking steps toward um, being fully known by other men and, you know, you've, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard us say that um, we want to be a community of men who are fully alive. And we define a fully alive man as one who's rooted in Jesus, fully known by a few other men and engaged in his unique calling. And our, our hope, our goal in your in-flight stage is that you are um, moving toward that, taking steps in those directions, being more rooted in Jesus, being more known, being more um, engaged in what you were you were called to do, um, and in those rhythms, what what else comes to mind? Well, I was just thinking, you know, it, it going. I'll, I'm going to turn the question back to you. I'm thinking more from a pilot perspective. Like, what what are some things that that uh, happen that don't go well? So you're in flight, you're cruising, and pilots can get complacent during that cruise flight. Yeah. So if, so taking this back to the small group, to the men's group, if you're that in flight portion is 12 to 18 months, whatever that looks like. It's easy to get complacent and kind of go on autopilot. So, so Lee, what do you think are some of the things that you can do to keep it fresh, keep it enjoyable, and not get complacent during that cruise flight? Yep, that's really good um, because, yeah, what we don't want is stale. I don't know what the equivalent of, a, of that on a flight is, the pilot asleep or <laughs> <laughs> um, oxygen leaking out of the cabin or something like that. Um, but, but there are a couple of things. Um, I think there's a way to think about the content or whatever you're studying in the group um, that can keep it fresh, can keep you um, connected. And I, w- I would sort of keep those in categories. We have a, a content guide that we share with our, our leaders um, or anyone else who wants it um, that really think about different categories of God, myself, and others. Mm. And we wouldn't want to um, spend all our time thinking about um, high-level theology and not developing our ourselves, um, or we wouldn't want to spend a lot of time just thinking about ourselves and not how to love others. And so thinking in those categories, 
um, and rotating those categories is, is really helpful. Um, we have some other ideas, um, socials, you know, are you regularly, um, taking a little break from your content and, and just hanging out with the guys? Um, sometimes you can get, get to know guys better. Um, you know, when you go out for chicken wings or, um, whatever a, a social might be for you, what else, Doug? Okay. Yeah. I just, I'd, I'd love to jump in there. I'm thinking of the groups, the best groups that I've been part of are um, ones that really threaded the needle on both those things. Like we had good, diverse content that we were teeing up, teeing up that was challenging, yeah, um, but digestible, and, and, and we would go through that. But then also, we weren't meeting just to do that. Like we were having fun together. We were doing friendship yeah. together. We were doing social stuff together. Doing life. Doing life together. And so the best groups that I've had um, – did both both those things, but uh, but what else, Lee? What but, else in yeah. flight? Yeah, and that takes intentionality. I mean, you if it's not on the calendar, we say all the time, if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. Nope. So, um, if socials are a part of the rhythm, then put it on the calendar. Um, service projects are really good. A common mission for a group, a regular service project, is better than a one-off service project. But a one-off service project is it's it's even better than a social sometimes um, because you you. Feel you have a shared experience and a common mission in those moments. Like it. Yeah. And it's super bonding for a group. Um, another thing is a retreat or an overnight with your group. Everybody knows a group goes deeper um, when they get away for a night. Something about those late night conversations, making meals together, whatever it is. We try to get all of our groups to go away at least once a year. We usually aim for the first um, weekend in March. Um, but whenever you can do it, totally worth it. Um, and the last thing that comes to mind, we have a, um, a good friend um, who does men's groups, is involved in a bunch of stuff um, that we work with ministry-wise, a guy named Taylor Stanfill. And he sort of opened up my eyes to this idea of doing um, different physical challenges with your group. Run a 5K, do a mud run, um, do something physical with your group, and it bonds you um, kind of in an amazing way. Uh, and we have a lot of guys who um, do these F3 groups. I don't know if you've heard of that, Doug. I forget what the, the three Fs are, but they meet once a week. At, F is in Foxtrot, right? Like, Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> F, F, So like it's like fitness, faith, and... Friends, friends, fellowship, fellowship. There I don't go. know. Um, but they meet uh, once or twice a week, really early in the morning, and they do a workout and then they have a little devotional, and it's incredible. Um, those guys share that in a cool way. So, physical challenges are really good. Um, those all have to do with being in the rhythm of the group. Um, and then landing. How do you know when to land a group? How do you know? Um, when it's time, what are your thoughts, Doug? Oh, golly, I've got um, probably probably two thoughts that come to the, um, the top of my mind. Number one is, what was your plan? Like, what That's what good. was your plan? And that does not mean you can't flex it, change it based on, is the group growing spiritually? Has, has the group still have a lot of room to, to go and grow spiritually? Um, but if they've if you felt like you've done that, and that was like one of the things you wanted to check off, and you've done that? Are you guys connected relationally, like you're for each other? But if there was a plan to do that and you accomplish that, then I would say start looking at your approach to final and, and start to land. That's one thing. And then the other thing is if you are just out there meandering, like your cruise flight isn't going so hot, 
but you don't even know that you're like, huh, this just feels kind of stale. Yeah. And we tried a couple times to really get it going and we just haven't been able to, it's a good chance because you've gone past the season of the group and you might want to look at uh, taking an approach to land. Yeah, that's really good. I think with the first thing you said, um, I totally agree. And sometimes um, the group, even, you know, you're in flight, but it's taken a little bit of a turn. It's gotten off a few degrees and you're not headed toward the destination anymore. Um, it's it's kind of like you're you're not only not accomplishing the goal, but, but you're not even headed in that direction anymore. And that, that's a good thing to know. Um, so yeah, take a pulse, um, check, check the, I don't know what you check, check the gauges, um, in the aircraft to, to see if it's going in the right direction. It may be time, it may be time to land the plane, um, or maybe not. Um, you know, you could be, you could be, um, a year in, I think, 12 months is definitely a time you want to check the pulse and then maybe even, I don't know, what do you say, Doug, every six months after that? Yeah, every six months, just do a check-in. How's yeah, it going? check-in. Yeah. Are we doing it? Um, are we on mission? Are we on purpose? Are we are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah, and and it could be that your group has just um, sort of thinned out, just, you know, guys move away, guys change season of life, whatever reason. And it might be time to land the plane as it is mm-hmm. um, and, and start a new one. So two things we think about with intentionality of landing a plane or a group. One is celebrate. Mm-hmm. Think, think back. Um, celebrate the life change that's happened. Um, getting to know each other. Um, you know, reminisce. What, whatever that looks like. We'll, we'll talk about that more in the future. But the other thing we think about is making sure everyone has a plan for what's next. Um, it, it may even be, Hey, I'm going to take a year and not meet with any men's group and do this. Um, okay, great. Well, tell me how you're going to be connected to another man. Cause no one should be isolated, but mm-hmm. in a year, make sure you're jumping back into a group, make sure you have a connecting flight, uh, just to beat this analogy to death. Um, make sure everyone has a, some sort of plan for a connecting flight. You may have a way to jump back in a next group, jump in a buddy's group, um, start your own group. It may be time for you to lead, but most importantly, just make sure you have some sort of plan um, as you um, decide to land the plane on the group. So anything else with landing? No, I think that's it's intentional. It's intentionality. Um, um, what you are going to do individually, and I think as as the leaders who are leading that group, you know, part of your responsibility and and uh, privilege actually is to speak into right. the guys' lives in your circle, in your group, and and coach them or encourage them or counsel them, whatever word you want to use. But you've earned you've earned it and they want it. You know? Right. They want you speaking into their life. Like what what do you see for me? What do you see as a next step for me or what should I do now that we are gonna be ending this group in the next three months? What do you see for me? And so as leaders, uh, what a great opportunity to speak into those guys' lives. God, that's really good. And and that should probably be, um, gosh, that's almost more important than, than celebration in my head is just taking those, um, taking that time to, yeah, affirm the men around you. you hopefully at that point, you've, you've earned that opportunity in each other's lives um, just to speak life and say, hey, I know what you're made to do in this world. And um, I'm excited to see what that's going to look like going further. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's, that's a very high level looking at the different stages of a group, 
um, takeoff, flight, and landing. Hopefully, if you're listening to this and you're a leader, you are already thinking of what stage you're in. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're in the group um, and your leader doesn't listen to this, you may want to bring this up at some point. <laughs> like, what stage of the group are we in? Is it time to land? Are we even taking a pulse? Yeah. Um, those are important things to think about. Any any parting thoughts on that, Doug? I would just say, you know, for for I know that there's a lot of guys that listen to this that are outside of the the men's North Point system, but we also know that there's a ton of guys in the North Point system who are in community that are listening to this. For those men, the latter, um, man, we would love to help you do a diagnosis if you're in flight right. or you are struggling in flight or you are questioning how do I land and how do I tee that topic up to topic up to my group, we would love to help you. So that would be any one of the pastors here on staff and the men's team to, uh, to help you uh, with that. So uh, lean on us. You can't wear us out. And um, we're here for you. Oh, yeah. That's so good. We think about it all the time. And this is what we want to do more than most other things, <laughs> which I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, but it is true. So Let's land this podcast. See what I did there? Oh, look at you. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> As we land this podcast, we want to remind you guys, um, subscribe to the podcast. That helps us. Um, rate it five stars. That helps us. Um, and send it to a friend. Send it to, to somebody who it would be valuable for. And um, we will look forward to diving into this topic a little more in the future. Um, But for now, we're going to sign off and say see you later.